Hey guys, it's David with How Coffee. I'm going to try out something a little bit different for this small town friendly podcast. Um, I found it kind of hard to make the time to like block out 30 minutes or whatever to sit down with a person um, and like interview them, so to speak, you know, to to get to know them. I still want to do more stuff like that, but just to be able to put out more content on a regular basis, um, what I thought would be cool is just to kind of throughout the day record conversations that I get to have with people here at the coffee shop uh, when we're not you know super busy and I have the chance to kind of get a little bit of one-on-one time with somebody so um, I hope this will be a cool way to just kind of keep up with uh, people and what kind of things are happening here in Rutherford County it's a beautiful place and it's a beautiful day today is Friday it's like January something I don't even know uh, 10th so let's see what happens today all right. I'm here with the homie, Jordan. <laughs> I almost called you Scrubs. Scrubs? Grubs. Yes. How Say hi. Hey, y'all. So, Jordan, tell us a little bit about what's going on in your life right now. So, I'm down in Port City. I um, come here and hang with my boyfriend and come by how like, all the time. Yeah. Not recently because I'm full-time at um, home as a CNA, so, which home is Winston-Salem. Yeah, it's a long little trek. It is, but I love coming down here and hanging with David. <laughs> and we met at um, Element Church. Yes. That's where we met, right? Or did mm-hmm. we meet here? Uh, well, like through people. At, worship. Um, worship night? I worship think, night maybe? here, yeah. Yeah. That's where we met. Mm-hmm. And it, that's been like almost a year now. It has to be over a year now. No, no, no. It was It, it was because we've only been open for like a year and a month. Okay. It was last April that we did it, I think. No, March. I thought it was December. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I can't keep up. <laughs> it was like March, so it's been almost a year. Mm-hmm. So, and you were playing, what were you playing at Element? Was it, um... I think I played some drums, drums some guitar. Bit. Okay, yeah. guitar, okay. Random things here and there. Rocking it out. <laughs> and so now you're not from Rutherford County. No. You're from Winston-Salem area. I'm from Winston-Salem. But yeah. Ben, who you're dating, lives mm-hmm. here. So you come pretty much, pretty much you like work in Winston-Salem for like a few days mm-hmm. and then drive back down, hang out with him. Yeah. What do you guys like to do around the, the, the county? You know, like what are your go-to spots to like eat or hang out? Other than Hal, obviously, because. Probably, oh my gosh, I don't know. We had to make it like a decision maker because we can't decide on <laughs> something. So we have like a like wheel, like wheel that you spin. Yeah, and it like picks where we're going. So I have... We either go to um, Copper Penny, I think. Copper Penny, some. Oh my gosh, Barley's. Oh yeah, Barley's. Barley's is pretty good. Yeah. Um, if we're out, if we go out of town, probably Olive Garden. Oh. Yeah. Good so, breadsticks. Yeah, they do have All right. good breadsticks. Well, I'll go ahead and uh, get your drink for you. Okay. What are you in the mood for today? Um. Hey, good morning. Um, an ice caramel moon. Ice caramel moon? You got it coming right up. Hayden, we're also doing this on, on a podcast. This is the new format of Small Town Friendly Podcast. I'm just going to kind of record some random conversations throughout the day. Okay. So, yeah, so uh, Disney, Young Life, they, every four years they come together and have a big celebration and this year, um, the fourth year came around, and it was the 80th anniversary of Young Life. That's pretty uh, huge, dude. Yeah, so there was 6,000 Young Life staff and spouses from across the world, from 
102 countries were all there celebrating Young Life and just the impact. Wait, but... Young Life is in other countries too? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. 102 countries? 102 countries. So, like, same thing, like, focusing on, like, high school-aged ministry? For the most part. I know when I was in the Dominican Republic, it was more neighborhood-based, so, like, the But clubs... you were in the Dominican Republic? Two years ago, yeah. I don't think you told me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Young Life, it's called Vita Hoven in, in the Spanish-speaking cool. countries. I like that. And they have a camp called Pico Escondido, which means Hidden Peak. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, I'll see if I can pull up a map. And so you guys were at Disney World. We were at Disney World. So so did they rent out the entire park? So we had Coronado Springs to ourselves, which is a resort. Okay. Um, It was a resort slash convention center. Um, And so we, they would bring in different speakers. We would worship. We would kind of talk about what's going to orient us going forward. Um, Then we'd have different speakers come. David Platt came and spoke to us. Who's David Platt? He's a... Fairly famous preacher from Washington, D.C. He's kind of in, like, the Francis Chan circle. Gotcha, of, okay. Um, I've never heard of him, but... And then uh, Annie Downs. I don't know if you've heard of her. I've not heard of Annie Downs. Maybe I'm just out of the loop. Johnny Swam came and sang at a concert for us. Don't know who that is either. You don't know who Johnny Swam is? <laughs> no, who's that? David, I thought you were hipster enough for that, man. Apparently I'm not, man. I'm, I'm out of the loop. Um, yeah, Johnny Swam and Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. I don't know if you know who that is. I don't is. know who they are. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not hip, dude. But here's the Young Life International divisions. Oh, so this. Okay, so this anything with countries. color, we're in. Anything that's like lightly colored, we're trying to establish. So, so I mean, like where it's colored in like Africa and Brazil, like. Yeah, where it's dark, it's in. So like, Colombia, Peru, Ecuador, Brazil, Argentina. Those are the South American countries where Young Life is established. Like a strong presence. Yeah. Yeah, and then like Dominican Republic and Haiti and Puerto Rico and. Um, Nicaragua. Those are all super developed. So there's people in those countries doing like what you're doing here, like working with the schools, trying to create a place for kids to come and talk about the gospel. And mm-hmm. and in Europe, I mean, we're in the UK, Norway, Sweden, Spain, Portugal, France, Germany, Poland. That's awesome. So like potentially for you, like wanting, if you ever like want to travel somewhere, like you kind of do that within Young Life and like kind of help out and work and yeah. travel at the same time. Young Life International is hard, man. Um, so, like, I have to raise on a yearly basis with Young Life International. You have to raise for the whole time of your contract. Yeah. And so there's uh, a friend of mine who is starting Young Life in the Netherlands, and she had to raise $280,000 over the course of, like, six or seven years. Wow. But she had to have all of it up front before she could even start. That's pretty crazy. It's intimidating. Yeah. I think when I last spoke to her in the summer, she was like 40% funded, Man. which is terrifying. But yeah, so Young Life is international, and it, it one of the things that we talked about at um, Young Life 2020 is what we called it, was um, how, can we, how can we cross cultural boundaries? How mm-hmm. can we be accommodating? Um, traditionally, Young Life has been a white male-oriented Ministry where mm-hmm. um, white males have been the ones in charge, and it's something that we've been dialing back of saying it's not enough just to like look diverse. We have to love yeah. diversely Definitely. as well, and, and include voices and and let traditions die because we're missing out on a whole group of kids that yeah. way. 
So, like, the people that are in Brazil, Africa, Russia, is it a lot of people, like, from America going over there, or it's people no, from those countries? No, they're very adamant about the leaders on the ground with kids being from where they're ministering to. That is really cool. Because that's one thing that's always kind of, like, I, I've noticed in American Christianity with, like, the missionary movement, that it's kind of, there's this, like, build it around mentality. My, yeah, build it around our version of the gospel. Right, right. So it's like, let's take American Christianity and take it to these other countries, right? Yep. Which, like, I mean, like, I'm sure there's a lot of good intentions in that, but I, I've, I've noticed there's just kind of, like, American savior mentality. Yeah. So to hear that Young Life is doing it that way, of having people from those countries be leaders, like, that's really cool. Yeah, so in the Dominican, it was... Um, so we, we did what was called YL Expeditions, and so that's how American Young Life can kind of go abroad. So you'll go for like a week. And it, it's it was one of those things for me when we went to the Dominican. It was not so much of like, oh, I'm going to this country and I'm showing them how to be Christians. It's no, I'm going to their country and they're showing me how they're being Christians. Yeah. Which I think is a subtle difference, but it, it, makes, it made a big impact of like... Um, staying in San Francisco de Marques with uh, May Tejada, who's the staff person in, in San Francisco, uh, San Francisco Dominican Republic, not San Francisco yeah. California, <laughs> um, and and watching the day to day life of um, just a, a very impoverished city, and um, Young Life consisted of knowing the neighborhoods, and so we threw basically our club was a block party where anybody was invited. So it was mostly we had teenagers show up on motorcycles, and we had kids as young as eight show up. Wow. And so um, we danced salsa, we bachata, and we played skits, and we danced. And then May got up and um, delivered a club talk in Dominican Spanish that the kids in her neighborhood would understand. Yeah. Um, and then we went and we worked four days at. Pico Escondido, where they um, there's not a lot of money in the Dominican Republic, so they have to like use volunteer work to build all their stuff. Yeah, yeah. that is so cool. Well, thanks for uh, filling me in on that, bro. Yeah, no problem, man. How you doing, man? Good. You? Good. Good morning. You in the mood for some coffee? Yes. Well, you came to the right place, dude. <laughs> What's you in the mood for? It's um. um for the group last Sunday. I hope it turned out better than the time I tried it. Uh, well, I didn't make my own pasta. Mm, so, set the sauce, so you probably had pork and See, I, I, beef. I just did ground beef. Okay. Actually, I did a little bit of pork, um, what's it called, pro something. It's by in like little cubes it comes in. Keep steak. No, 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 it's, it's pork. And it's, um, it's not, I, I keep wanting to call it prosciutto. <laughs> but it's not prosciutto. It's, it's, not, not, as not, it's not as nice as prosciutto. No, it's just different. Prosciutto is cured. And so it's, um, like, you can eat it like that. This one is, uh, you, you, like, you have to cook it. You can't eat, eat it raw. And it comes in a little pack, like, four ounces, and it's little cubes. It sounds like prosciutto, so I always get it confused. I forget what it's called. Mm. But uh, I made, I didn't know how much pasta to make for six people, so I made two pounds of pasta. That's a lot of pasta. Oh, my goodness, dude. I, I still have one meal left of <laughs> pasta in, in the fridge. We've been, I've been eating it every day. Chris has to. So the ragu, so you had the meat, you had the, the vegetables that you like sautéed and yep. like caramelized before you put the meat in there. Yep. And then you added wine and milk. And See, I didn't add milk. I forgot that too. I think I could have done a little bit better on the sofrito, maybe like a little bit more kind of seasoning. And then uh, I went too heavy on the tomato paste, I think, for my tasting. And I forgot the like milk. So okay. there were a few things 
that uh, I'm going to try again. I wanted to just jump back in and like try it, but I had so much left over. I'm like, I gotta eat through all this first. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited to try again. It was yeah. good though. I put in one jalapeno and one serrano. It might get spicy enough. I guess. I mean, it was two pounds of meat, two pounds of ground beef, four ounces of the whatever it's called, the pork meat, with a bunch of vegetables too. I, I thought it was like sweet, honestly, but Reagan, bless her little heart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> she said it was really spicy. Bless it. Yeah. Yeah, I, guys. All I'm good at is making tacos. So it's <laughs> yeah, but you do a heck of a job with tacos. Yeah. So my dream, if this ever happens, is for me to open a taco shop and to David to move his coffee shop in next to this. Let me have a coffee shop, taco store, and a music venue. Yeah, man. So it might happen. If you're an investor looking for an opportunity, just. Yeah. You just hit up Hayden. Yeah. Hit up me. And, like, you know, throw a couple hundred thousand dollars. Or like, Hayden, open up your taco shop. Yeah, I'll take it. So what else is going on, man? Uh, so me and you were doing a podcast. That's pretty cool. Yep. That's been really fun. We're on Genesis chapter 5, going yeah. through the whole Bible. What's it called? What's the podcast called? Again? Caffeinated Theology. Caffeinated Theology. So I just had an idea I was going to run by you. But, uh, can we run it by live? Or Sure. Think about starting a website where we write articles. Yeah. As well. And then also other people could write articles. Oh, cool. So like a collaborative thing. Collaborative thing. Maybe turn it into a magazine. Okay. Like do a Kickstarter, do a print run. Yeah. That sounds... You know that like Cultivate mm-hmm. book? Have it yeah, real nice like... Some kind of cool aesthetic laid out. And you're thinking like get my boy Chris to come take a lot of cool pictures. Yeah, for it. And, and like you're thinking like for each book of the Bible have one or like topically or yeah. I think seasonally. I think we make one for Genesis when we're done with Genesis, and yeah. then when we move on to Exodus, like we can take all the stuff that we've written and talked about and mm-hmm. kind of like shout out to the Bible Project, like kind of do something cool with with all this stuff and, and try to. Um, give people more access to just getting into their Bible. Yeah. That's cool, man. It seems like there are a lot of people here in the county that in some form or another have been, like, exposed to the Bible and, like, gospel. It's, like, you know, huge here, the, like, church culture and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I want to weigh... Like something like you were talking about, like a collaborative thing, a way to like get people from all the different walks and backgrounds, denominations, to all like hear people's perspective on things, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like it's fun just to talk about like our perspective, but like I want a way to, to like hear other people's perspective. Well, yeah, because everybody's got a different hermeneutic that they're working through. Yeah. Um, and like I, I like to believe myself objective, but like I'm. I guess I, I'm sure I'm forcing things through filters that I'm not even aware of. Most yeah, of the time. I mean, I think we just do that as humans. Like, you just can't get around that. I mean, I think you can, like... Well, you got to start from somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And that's my hope with this Caffeinated Theology podcast is... So so what we're doing is we're, we're being up front that we're Christians, but we're tackling the Old Testament as if we were Israelites before the time of Jesus. So we want to lay this foundation of, like, what was the ancient Israelite hope? What was their beliefs? What did they put their trust in? What did they think about the future? And then when Jesus comes into the picture, Jesus, I mean, the, the Old Testament is kind of interpreted differently after Jesus. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think like, I don't think either are wrong, but I think it's it's important to understand where the interpretation of the Old Testament started to where mm-hmm. the New Testament comes and changes it. So, you know, you like you watch like a trilogy of movies and first two movies are really awesome with the third one if it ties a nice bow on things it mm-hmm. changes everything about yeah for sure two. and it's like you kind of sometimes don't do yourself justice if you take the trilogy and you watch the last movie first and then you go back I mean like well, not that it's bad but it's just like you get something different by like experiencing the first thing through the eyes of okay all I have is this mm-hmm. and then going through that journey of the story oh, yeah well yeah like you think of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, I think you could watch Return of the King and be like, oh, this movie's awesome. Yeah. And, like, come away pretty satisfied yeah, that it's a pretty sure. good movie, but there's a whole entire story that is yeah. before that. And, uh, I mean, I, I think Jesus is a great place to start. And I think... For sure. I mean, that was, that, was, that was my journey of, like, abstract Jesus of just timeless truths. And I think that's better than nothing. But I think what's really allowed me to fall deeper in love with the person of Jesus is to understand the context and the history yeah, of for sure. where he came into and the, yeah. the era he lived in. And so and I guess, yeah, like, I think that, like, if somebody asked me, like, hey, like, if they were like, hey, I'm really interested in, like, this Jesus guy, like, where do I start? I wouldn't say, oh, we'll start in Genesis as an ancient Hebrew. I would honestly tell them to start with Jesus. Yeah, so... And, but then, like, let's talk through... Yeah. Can I talk about how we do the gospel progression in Young Life a yeah. little bit? Okay, so we usually have like 8 to 12 clubs a semester, and it's the same cycle. Um, and so we do lay foundations of the Old Testament down. We don't spend a lot of time in there. We do spend a whole day where we talk about creation, and we talk about being made in the image of God and how important that is. Yeah. And like, It's a God who takes uh, non-order and, and orders it, and that we don't really get into temples because it just it's really confusing if you have to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. explaining temples but basically that creation is good it's God's dwelling place which is what a temple is we right. just don't say that and then um, humans were the images they were be they were the representatives to God and so when we looked at one when we're looking at another looking at one another it's like me and you David we are looking at the image of God. We're looking at the image of God, and there's different aspects of us that are both reflecting the image of God to each other. I think uh, C.S. Lewis has this quote in The Way to Glory where he talks about um, you're never interacting with a mere mortal. If we could come to the if we could come to our senses, we would realize how heavy the weight of glory is with every human that we yeah. interact with. Man, that's so key. Like even like I've thought this, we've talked about it before, but it's, like, so easy to kind of forget. Like, hearing you say it again right now, I'm like, yes, that, like, I need to be doing more of this in every interaction with people, like, just to be seeing God in them. And uh, it's just something that I feel like is so easy as humans to, like, forget. Like, we either get caught up in, like, ourselves. Or we objectify people. Or we objectify ourselves. And that's what idolatry is, is the corruption of the the pure image. so we start with that, and then we really set up the importance of humanity, of, like, humanity was not an accident. Humanity was was special. They were stewards. Like, God gave humanity a task to both be with him and to carry forth his creation. And, like, in the, in the podcast, we talk about, like, order, non-order, disorder. Again, with teenagers, I think that can be really confusing for starting out, but we do just say that God put them in a place to continue what he started. Um, 
then we turned to the fall, what was called the fall. Um, I think it's a good word for it. I don't know if I would use it academically anymore, but yeah. I think it. I think it is a good. It conveys what right it happens. I mean, there's never going to be a perfect term. No, I like what you called it the jump the other day. Yeah. Um, so David was like, you you fall on accident, but you jump on purpose. Yeah. And so I like the jump, um, or like the nosedive off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> But then we talk about we talk about the fall, and we talk about um, humanity's decision um, to disobey God and to seize wisdom for ourselves, and um, whether we want to call it original sin or whether we just say that's just what we do—that's the pattern that's been set—and we continue to follow that pattern. That's what happens, and, and from that came disorder and death and then we will spend a day just talking about like okay here's the old testament and like a 15 minute go of like something bad happens they get kicked out of the garden things aren't so good anymore but god keeps weaving humanity back into his plan it's like okay so i will take a small group of humans and i will work through them to save the rest of humanity right yeah and so israel becomes that like through abraham and Israel sometimes is okay at that, but most of the time, if you read the Old Testament, they do a pretty poor job of that. Yeah. And so then, again, he calls a select few out of Israel of like prophets and kings. And, um, but then you kind of leave the Old Testament as the Bible is, is presented to us in our, in our modern form, where it's just like you read Malachi and then there's crickets. Right. It's like um, things are going to be put right when God comes back. And then in the Old Testament, he never does. And so then the third club talk is called the Incarnation Talk. And so, boom, we've set the stage. When God comes back, that is when things are going to start being put right. And so whether you want to read the Christmas story or if you want to start with John 1, I think both are really good ways to introduce that concept of especially Matthew and Luke and 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 the birth narrative and John with his like poetic like in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and he was with God in the beginning like you're you're seeing this progression of this like word and this this logos that like is God and then he puts on flesh and he becomes a temple and he walks among the people and so this is the moment right here where you can plant your flag and say the thing that God promised to do is happening here mm-hmm. and then we spend six to seven weeks after that just talking about stories of Jesus and his interaction of like entering into these spaces of sin entering in these spaces of of hurt and death and um, no longer having to be purified to be around him he purifies people just by simply being in their presence yeah which is like the idea was I have this sin I have this sickness I need to go to the temple and kill an animal, and then I can be made clean and be in the presence of God, whereas now it's God coming into those spaces and making things clean. Yeah, I mean, uh, you didn't just touch lepers. Like, that didn't happen, and Jesus did. And not only did he touch lepers, he didn't catch leprosy. He cleansed the person who was leprous. If you don't have a solid understanding of, like, as boring as it sounds, like Leviticus, like, that stuff just doesn't have as much impact on it before and so so we talk about the person of Christ we talk about these interactions of how he subverts um, religious expectations he um, 
would go to places that he wasn't supposed to go. He would dine with outcasts, and you go through the Beatitudes. And in context, even with like the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking to Israelites about being the true Israel. And now we, as the church, can look back at it and go, "This is how we are to be the true church." But he was originally talking to Israel, mm-hmm. and, and we forget that a lot too. Mm-hmm. So then it's like. Um, we have to deal with the problem of sin and that's what the cross and, and the resurrection signify and so those are two of our two of our last three talks where we talk about the importance of the cross of um, again the cross is many things I think I think it does atone for sins but that's not all it does it also humiliated the powers and authorities of um, evil or not or disorder that was against God where they are lured onto this trap and exert all their power onto Jesus and then they exhaust themselves and then three days later he's defeated it. Yeah. <laughs> Just basically saying like it doesn't matter what you throw at me. Like, And then it makes sense why all the demons are freaking out because when they see Jesus because they know what kind of power he has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they know who they're dealing with. And then the, the resurrection is this. Something that we're to look forward to is even in this life that will lead to death um, we belong to a God who um, has already started to make things right and ushered in the kingdom where um, anytime that you're doing God's will you're participating in the kingdom of God and that's where you find life and, um, that's what we try to invite kids into in just simpler terms yeah it's amazing and so where are you guys at now from when you started or like the last time we talked about it, really sat down and talked about it, Young Life was like a month ago. Like, has there been any kind of well, it's been our growth? It's been our dead period. So um, we've been doing a lot of like admin side of things, like okay, just trying to get um, for the year. Yeah. So Heather and I um, are going to have a, a team leader meeting or um, a team meeting with our volunteer leaders, where we're going to kind of scope out the year talk about what our plans for campaigners are this year which is a more in-depth look of like hey we're going to take this book of the bible we're going to dissect it we're going to talk about what it means as opposed to like who's got what club talk what's our progression we usually have a theme for club last semester it was story we'll kind of hash out what we want it to be um this one we might choose just one gospel and go through that gospel together or or, or whatever it is i don't know yet so yeah we're we're in the planning stages of that, um, but the the cool thing about club is if we're bringing new kids, we start with the mindset of there's somebody in this room who's not heard the full gospel mm-hmm. yet, and so bye, thank you. They haven't heard the full gospel yet, so every semester we start back at ground zero. Yeah, and so that's that's one of the reasons why we say Young Life's not a church is because it's cyclical in our mm-hmm. club structure of its. We're always trying to bring new kids in to hear the gospel, equip them to belong to a church, and then whether they stick on with Young Life and kind of become like high school leaders or if they go off and become young leaders within their own church, that's that's a victory. Yeah, you still did your job and you achieved what you guys were set out to do. Yeah, so we'll January 27th is going to be our next club, and we'll start with the creation story again, and we'll tell the whole story of... Uh, we try to, it's an abbreviated version of the Bible, and I think one of the things, personally, I don't know if it's every young life is trying to do this, but it's something that's been important to me, is looking at the Bible as a five-act play, 
Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard this before? And T. Wright talks about it. I can't remember what all the acts are, but the Bible is a five-act play in which we know the first four acts, we know the beginning of the fifth act, we know the end of the fifth act, and then we are living in the midst of the bookends of act five. And so it's like you find Shakespeare's lost play and everything's perfect. The first four acts are perfect. You've got bits and pieces of the beginning and end of the fifth act, and it's too good not to make a play out of it. We just have to figure out what that fifth act is. Yeah, I like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it it, makes it living, it makes it breathing, and so, like, I think that's something the church as a whole could really take part in, is trying to think the words, like, breaking out this paradigm of, like, obligation to religion, but, like, God is active and God is working, and, like, he doesn't need us, but he's choosing us to be part of bringing order back to disorder, which is yeah. all about the kingdom of God's rule through his human vessels, through his human uh, creations to, to bring forth new creation. And um, that's honestly the, the goal of the church is to yeah. bring forth new creation and break down walls, redeem broken hearts, and be reconciled to each other and belong to the family of God. And I, I think Young Life is one of the best organizations to do that with kids. Yeah. Thanks for sharing the whole breakdown. You know what you guys do. <laughs> Tell them what you're drinking. I am drinking, let's see if I can say this right the first time, an oat milk <laughs> latte. But I've got a proposition for David. I just got back from Orlando and I was at Harry Potter World, and butterbeer is phenomenal. And I think David really should do. A butterbeer latte. And uh, I'm for it too. And I think I'm going to look into it. Research, call up, you know, my, my team of flavor scientists. and He's got some friends at Hogwarts, so he'll... I do. <laughs> you have some friends at Hogwarts? Which house are you? I'm Ravenclaw. What about you? Uh, I think I'm Gryffindor. Of course you would be. Yep. And you know what? I think I'm going to go around. I'm going to ask everybody what house okay. they, they, they are. Jordan? What, what house are you? Harry Potter, Hogwarts. What's your Hogwarts house? I think Hufflepuff. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Hufflepuff. <laughs> Neely? Um, oh, I'm doing a podcast, small town friendly podcast. Okay. What house are you? Um, Reagan says I'm in Hufflepuff. Hey. Hufflepuff? Why does yeah. she say that about you? Because my favorite color is yellow. Oh. That's is, that, is that their color? I, I guess so. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't really know either. I've never seen Harry Potter, so. Hmm. I'm not sure. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I trust her opinion. What's up, guys? Hello. How's it going? I haven't seen you in a long time. I know. It's been like, what, 24 hours? <laughs> so, look, this is the, the Rutherford County Small Town Friendly Podcast. We're wrapping it up. What do you guys have to say to the people of Rutherford County today? Uh, come to Howl. That's, that, that's some good wisdom right there. Mm-hmm. You Agreed. got anything? Agreed? Agreed. Cool. All right. Hey, look. Yeah. There's a partner. All right. Love you guys. Be safe out there. Stay strong, San Diego.